to Data Driven Health Radio. All right, so welcome everybody to episode number one of Data. Numero uno. Yay. And on, on this show, we want to look at how people can use technology and data to become more empowered and learn how to more intelligently manage their health. So with that said, I was thinking to myself, who is a total badass that I can have on show number one who loves data, first of all, and is brilliant at interpreting data and how we can use it to improve health. And so I have one of my best buddies here, Grace Liu. And Grace, please say hi and give us a little intro. Hi. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much for having me on your inaugural number one show. I'm so pleased and happy to be here. Such an honor. Thanks, Grace. So some people may know you as the Gut Goddess, which is an incredible name and an incredible Twitter handle. And also the Pooh Princess is <laughs> in circulation. So uh, which one should we use here? Oh, either. Oh. I answer to anything. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, what I'd like to do is actually start with some basics around gut health. When I was first working on my health transformation, that's the first thing that my functional doc looked at that had never been looked at before by any other doctor. And sure enough, there was a bunch of infection happening there. So I wanna just, and even within the Heads Up community, we have a lot of people who may have never done any testing on gut. We have a lot of people on very low carbohydrate diets, which has implications around gut health. So I would love to just start at the beginning of like gut microbiome 101. And then what I'm hoping we can do is look at some of the things that harm our gut bacteria, everything from antibiotics to environment. Second, then look at some of the testing methods that you recommend from just the Bristol stool chart basics that anybody can do for free. Which you added a heads up for me. Yes, so we did. appreciative and, of yeah, that. To, to the more advanced and more expensive testing like the organic acids test. So we'll yeah. start with like what messes up gut, how can you assess it, and then what can people do from a treatment point of view. And if we have time, maybe we can get into some data and look at some numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And awesome. we want to get nerdy. And we want to get into the data. So if you could, Grace, just give us like the basics on what even is the microbiome for, for people who have never heard of it or done testing or maybe heard of it in passing. Okay. So imagine a tennis court and let's say it's covered with, it's not, it's not sterile, right? It's outside. So anything outside has microbes growing on it. It could be viral, fungal, or bacterial, or anything in between, microbacterium, phages, which are just teeny, teeny um, things that infect viruses. And we have even protozoa and parasites and worms, mm -hmm. like helminths. Mm -hmm. So imagine a tennis court in someone's gut. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what it is. Um, the surface area, so we can absorb food, is highly, highly optimized and efficient because humans be developed this huge ass brain, all right, and then we had to fuel it. We mm -hmm. had to fuel that big brain. And that took a lot of incredible uh, nutrients on earth, proteins, carbs, and fats. These are all things um, that our ancestors didn't eat. Primate ancestors only ate fruit, pretty much, and a few stems and leaves. So there was this radical change. And it took a factory to break down these foods for us and um, assimilate them and upregulate them into our cells. That's called the microbiome. They're, they're um, the microbes that do all that. And our, our gut is actually open. That's why it's so hard to treat sometimes. It's actually one of these things because it's open tongue to tail, you know, where we have openings in the mouth, you know, yep. and the, the anal rectal area. Yep. But we actually have a whole terrain. When, when we talk about microbiome, we're actually talking about not just the gut. We're talking about oral even eyes, anything with mucosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, when I work with clients, we even look at nutrigenomics because it determines actually some of our vulnerabilities where we have mucosa. So it could be eyeballs, sinuses, throat, um, vaginal, prostate areas, anything open, open to air. Yep. Yeah. 
So that's the terrain. And yeah. we mess this up really easily. Yeah. We may not even get the full compliment from our moms when we're born, you know, yeah. through the through the passage through the birth canal of mom, you know, she's supposed to inoculate the baby with poo and like vaginal secretions, all the, all the things necessary for life. Poo, poo and vaginal secretions are actually necessary for baby. Otherwise baby cannot have an immune system. The baby cannot digest food or even milk. Um, baby can have a lot of immune issues because there's no immunity for the baby when it's born. It has zero immunity. It's from mom. It's from breast milk, the immunoglobulins in breast milk, and the flora. The flora communicate constantly with our immune system. 80% of our immune system is in the gut, and it's actually flora. Yep. And, and actually, when we use probiotics, we can reverse a lot of this and restore actually immunity. We can reverse autoimmunity, reverse cancer, reverse all kinds of things. Studies are showing that in animals, but we see it also in humans all the time. So how we mess it up is mom may not have the full complement. So it's like me giving you a gift. Let's say I give you a Tesla, but I'd like take all the wheel, like all the wheels are gone. Well, what the fuck? Like it, how useful is that, right? You can have the most awesome, fastest Tesla on earth, but there's no wheels. Well, that's how babies are born now. They're not getting the full complement of anything from their moms. In fact, they're getting path pathogens, viral overgrowth. I've seen some research that it gets worse from generation to generation because our diet is changing and because the diversity in the, in the gut of the mother, there is impaired microbiota in the child, and that is actually getting passed down. So even if you eat the best diet in the world, if you got dealt a, a bad deck of cards, hand of cards, it's passed down, and the research is showing that it's getting worse with each it's, successive generation. It's exactly, you're totally right. There's animal studies, but we see it in the human population. The Western world, not really rural areas, not really, you know, Hadza and Maasai and um, hunter-gatherers. Yeah, so. hunter but a lot of hunter-gatherers are even using a lot of antiparasitic meds, and they're kind of getting that way too because their environment's getting broken down. They're losing diversity in the rainforest or their environment, so that's reflecting gradually on their health as well. Cool. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. like, okay, yeah, so one generation gets no wheels on their Tesla, and then the next generation has no, no steering wheel, and then it goes like no engine. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's getting progressively worse. So, this is the first time in human history also, Dave, that kids yep. are dying before their parents and grandparents. Yeah. This is unprecedented. Kids are getting diabetes, obesity, all kinds of horrible health conditions, cancers, and ailments. Autism, autoimmune disease, spectrum, oh, spectrum, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so many things that are being linked back to the gut now. Yeah. And what still puzzles me is that it's largely unrecognized when you go to a conventional doctor, unless they're really doing some deep troubleshooting. But it seems to me that a stool test should be part of a routine physical. And that's not the case. It's, it's rare that, that that will come up in the course of a conventional treatment, and yet it's becoming uh, connected with everything from mental health to physical health. So absolutely. can you comment on, on, is it just different philosophies and different styles of practice that... Well, we look at you know, medicine, and I come from you know, traditional pharmacy, we were taught about drugs. Drugs are the only solution. I mean, yeah, diet and exercise a little bit, but we know now the foundation of that diet ex uh, experience was like completely false based on false data, you know, low fat, low fat, and low, more low fat and lots of whole wheat, whole wheat, you know, hybridized wheat all, all day long. And we know that's based only on like food recommendations directly coming from big food. Well, we have a big drugs, you know, and they're just pushing more and more drugs and vaccines on this like unknown population that are kind of like cattle. <laughs> so the only treatments are what's available, um, pushed out by modern medicine right now. And you know, they're one or two pops, you know, dollars per day per pop. These aren't cheap therapies. And then they don't even work consistently. You know, we would have so many clients every year progress in their condition and need two or three more drugs at each year. Yeah. But what I saw with paleo and going like, I love Rob Wolf because instantly when uh, clients follow paleo, you know, they're all their conditions would reverse. And for him, his IBD, which is horrible autoimmune for the gut condition, it would reverse. And I wish I'd known that because I had had Hashimoto's at one point mm -hmm. and I didn't, my sister and I, we were completely, we 
embrace like paleo when we heard about it. And then we saw huge changes for our family's health. Like my, my niece yep. was able to reverse you know, a lot of gut issues and she reversed autism. Like she's like 98% now autism free, even though she was yep. born with it. So we, there are so many changes that we know of outside of diet and exercise, but it takes work. You know, it's not easy that the gut is damaged from birth. And then, so the first, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of people's lives, I'm not, you know, different than that. And then you and I have done all the testing. So we've seen the improvements after we've worked on the gut and fixed the gut. But a lot of people haven't. Yeah. And I, I don't even like the stool testing because it only measures the last meter and a half of the gut. But our gut lining, you know, our whole gut lining is upper is the upper GI. And it's five to seven meters long, but it's all the upper. And we need urine tests to actually right. assess that or use Viome, which is organic acids. Yeah. Or, you know, someday we'll have a plug-in for HeadsUp app. <laughs> That's HeadsUp Health. <laughs> Well, we should we, design it. <laughs> we will work on that. We've yeah. already been scheming along those lines. Yeah, piss uh, on, a, awesome. piss yes. on a strip and then get your whole gut organic metabolites. So we've talked a lot and you've alluded to working with individuals who have had their gut trash from even just one course of antibiotics, completely unsuspecting. You go to the doctor, you're, you have an infection, they give you antibiotics, you feel better. And then you're like, man, my gut is effed. You, and you, you put the pieces back many years later. So what are some of the things that really mess with the gut? I mean, there's environment, there's uh, antibiotics, there's refined sugar and carbs. Absolutely. What are some of the things that really trash it the most that we need to be aware of? You mentioned all the big ones. Um, I mean, if we add up all the little things, they, they all eventually add up. It's, it's just like what broke the camel's back. Everyone comes with a different back, you know, what the burden is on their back already, but what bre actually breaks it can be multiple things. But we know with a lot of autoimmune diseases, it'll be stress. And the reason why stress can hurt the microbiome is that when we have stress, we have high release of adrenaline and cortisol. So I'm always against lifestyle practices that spike these for people who don't have good barriers for it. Yep. Because when cortisol spikes, it's just like a steroid that we give clients or you know people get for, for autoimmune conditions. Steroids cause ulcers. So if you're spiking your cortisol, you're, you're causing little micro ulcers. And we have studies for that. Some of our best endurance athletes, um, athlete studies show when they're in like supreme, you know, working out and, you know, that even though they have elite fitness, their, their gut will break. They'll have a minor break in their gut. They get either blood in their urine or stools. They don't quite get rhabdo, you know, but they can get little breaks. Some, the worst part is they can get ischemia in the colon mm -hmm. and that's called like a heart that's, attack that's in your gut. It's just physical. Yes, stress. because uh -huh. as they're pushing all the muscles to work in their endurance event or in their acute, you know, CrossFit or whatever they're doing to the point of throwing up, you know, that's never a good idea if you're getting your gut involved to the point of throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. So studies show, you know, in really intense exercise or endurance events, um, there's all these signs that happen. They, they, you know, athletes complain of nausea, vomiting. They also have gut problems like blood is seen from the gut in urine or blood. Yep. And they can have ischemic events because there's no, the blood instead is diverted from the splenic bed and, and the gut because it's all shunted to uh, only work to go to the areas that are working. So brain, muscles, um, all the quad, glutes, um, but other areas of the body. And, and you're working with top tier athletes. So you're seeing this I, on a regular basis. People I, I see their bodies. Really yeah. Clients cool. are at, we work with executives. We work with multitasking moms. We work with all kinds of athletes, Spartan racers, uh, triathletes, iron people, iron man, iron woman. They can have all kinds of gut issues. Sometimes also the other thing that can break the gut is you mentioned the antibiotics. Usually so they can all mention of like someone who takes one course and you've seen them or, or multiple courses and, and how do you even start to repair that? So we even have clients post line. They've been on tons of antibiotics for two years. So clients will tell us like, yeah, you know, I kind of noticed like after this antibiotic, then my health was just not the same. I started getting rashes. You know, that's, that's a gut thing. There's a, skin, there's a skin gut axis and it can easily break, you know, but we can also easily fix it. You know, a lot of our clients, they used to have acne, you know, any kind of chips or dips or, you know, weird food, sugar, you know, they get all kinds of acne. But when, after working with us, when we fix the terrain of the gut, they can eat anything, not trigger that. That's really awesome to hear. I used to get acne, like travel all over my face and back and neck. And then 
now I can eat all kinds of crap and actually like nothing really happens. So, so but, let me interrupt for a second, Grace. Very specifically, what do antibiotics do to the gut? So, so antibiotics, we have like different spectrum, gram positive, gram negative, really broad. Even in functional medicine, there's a drug I really hate. It's called Zyfaxman. So I know I always have a job, but it's broad spectrum, not absorbed. So it kill, kills off both gram positive and gram negative. Yep. I mean, antibiotics have been a great boon for humankind because we don't die from all kinds of cholera and you know weird yep. conditions or infections and amputate body parts all the time. And they treat acne, like we know that. But doesn't treat the root problem. You know, a lot of acne um, is the lack of good flora. And the, our guardian flora are what keep pathogens at bay. That's why hunter-gatherers, they have great guardians in their gut and they don't get certain conditions. They're really healthy. So antibiotics can be either narrow spectrum or really broad. And more and more as our human kind of gotten smart, they've gone broader and broader. You know, let's like not just kill off a few bad things. Let's them all, you know, let's, let's like, <laughs> you know, it's like Vietnam when they were putting agent, agent orange and everything because you know, the rainforest was killing them. They couldn't get yeah. through it. Yeah. So let's just, now they have like all kinds of problems there. Right. But so, so we nukes. lose diversity. Yeah. When you nuke something, you're eradicating also the good, depending on yes. the dose, depending on the spectrum, depending on yep. the person's own individual uh, threshold that they come to the table with. Yeah. So stress, I know I've seen that in my own life. I've had exercise-induced insomnia, which is just extremely elevated cortisol. And even before that, in my own life, I was under extreme stress at work. And as I mentioned to you, it was a gram-negative infection in my gut, which had been undiagnosed. So that's definitely one. Antibiotics, um, any others you want to just touch on that? Yeah, I mean, we have kind of like this menagerie in our gut. It's not exact, exactly an infection. You didn't get a fever. You didn't get like flu-like symptoms. Some people come to me, they have all kinds of subclinical infections, but they have no signs except sometimes they get a little ragey or they get a little agitated. Like there's this little hamster. So completely normal lab. Yeah, yeah people can, yeah, labs look great. No high blood pressure, not even high blood sugar sometimes, right? Yeah. And then we... What I do like with clients like you in like in your case, you know, we remove the bad thing, you know, and we replace it. We recolonize with what should be there. Yep. So we have great tools for that, right? Different probiotics. I actually had to formulate my own because we couldn't really get these to anchor, uh, but ours does a fantastic job, uh, which means I actually have to send you some because you actually haven't tried it yet. But um, no. So and, that's the um, art form though, is you're reformulating. You're looking at what's going on and you're strategically reformulating. Is that a good way to think about it? Yeah, and someday we'll get even customized kinds that will be suitable for everyone and their genetics. Right now, we're not, but in a way, you know, our kind didn't really anyway. You know, we took from the environment. Whatever was in the environment, that became us. Yeah. The problem is some of these strains only come from mom. So you're basically going, some of the strains are just going to go extinct. And so your mom, your mom, you're not exactly, it, you're yeah. not with it. You, you just, you didn't get it at all. Perhaps. Yeah. And even 20 years later, if you try to lick mom's butt, you're not going to get it. Like it may not seed because you got too many things growing in the gut. And that's a, a lot of reason when we look at repeat testing, if it's not seeding, there's something going on. And usually there's other overgrowth that we haven't quite addressed, let's say. That makes sense. So it starts with even when you're born and, and, the, and the hand you get from mom and dad. Right. And then it can be lifestyle and environmental and other right. things. So, right. And the yeah. average antibiotic number of courses in the U.S. is yeah, at the age of 18, huge. 17 courses. And I, you know, I'm a child of a, a doctor, you know, surgeon doctor. Like, so we just got blasted. And then I had a, I mean, I'm grateful for antibiotics because I had a horrible burn. Is the average for an, for an individual 17? Yeah, 17 courses by age wow. 18 in U.S. Yeah. And, and most of Europe is not quite like that yet, but um, certain parts, like really like big cities uh, in Germany, yep. I think U.K. too, like they're like us. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And then the other damages come from, we get loads of pesticides. You know, those, those have a micro, anti-microbiome effect, microbiome effect. They're, they're antibiotics. They're killing pests, but we have pests in our gut and good pests and they're all getting annihilated. And then we have fluoride, we have chlorine, you know, in the water, like a little bit's fine, no problem, but we pay for the convenience. Sure. I mean, 
for most people, it's not a big deal, but other people are super anal about it. They got chlorine filters, everything, you know, and because they have cancer risks, they have other risks. You, you can't squash everything in your microbiome and think you're going to be okay and not get melanoma and get other things. It's really the microbiome. It's not necessarily cancer is just going crazy. Cool. So let's um, shift to then some of the things that Maybe symptom-wise, someone who may say, I think I'm doing everything right. I've got the diet dialed in. I've still got, what are some of the subclinical symptoms that the average person might want to start thinking about to say that maybe this is an area I should look at? So what I hear all the time is people wonder, like, out of the blue, suddenly they can't do something. So it can be anything. It could be holding their breath, could be performance, athletic performance, could be cognitive, like brain fog fatigue and yeah, body fat issues are the main things. Toxic body fat. Um, high blood sugars. So you you know, a lot of people are just starving themselves or doing keto themselves, but really it's their biome that makes them have, they're prone and susceptible to higher blood sugars. It's not normal. Yep. We should be able to handle carbs. So we give yep. the ability to eat carbs again for a lot of people, like yeah. with our treatments. Like it's great. Like I don't think we should be eating carbs all day long or drink sugar all day long, but we should have some resilience because when we, Jason Prawl has an amazing movie coming out with Michael Roslin and some other producers. Um, it's called The Longevity Project and they've interviewed a lot of microbiome experts, all kinds of experts around the world and practitioners. It's amazing. I have a short feature in there too. But, and when we look at, you know, blue zones, blue zones are um, areas where there are high concentrations of centenarians and they're all over earth. And there's something that separates all of them. They eat their ancestral diet. They live in their ancestral homes. They're active. They communicate and connect with all their neighbors, and family members. It's yeah. their community and um, many other things. Their diet, eat right off the ground. They yeah. they have a great diet. It's called poor, being poor. <laughs> you know, lots of dirt and, and right from the lots ground. Of dirt. And, you know, it's not yeah. ultra pasteurized and sterilized. And, yeah. and, and, and no healthcare. Like usually they're yeah, so poor yeah, they don't have healthcare. Basically. So they're not getting all the antibiotics, like 17 courses of antibiotics by age 18. That's another thing. All of them eat carbs. They, they eat a special cooked starch called resistant starch three. All of them eat it. Yep. Yeah. And then they also eat other high fiber foods like gooey uh, tubers. Yeah. And the gooiness is the special, it's like our mucus. So it almost is the same thing that feeds our guardians and keeps that moat. We have a sterile moat that lines our whole entire gut lining and it's, it's very similar. And so like I have a mutation, I have an FUT2 mutation and a couple other mutations, which makes me highly prone to like mucosa issues unless I'm on the, on a gooey inulin based mucousy type of fiber. Fiber is also known as prebiotic. If I'm not on that kind of diet, I don't do so hot. My brain's not so sharp. Yeah. So the common signs are, it could be one, two or three autoimmune diseases, cancers, brain fog, fat or toxic fat, particularly, and um, fatigue issues. Any of those could be a presentation. Anything mildly off, like I believe, and studies are now you know, verifying all of this, that they're related to gut dysbiosis. The microbiome, the terrain is off. Basically, what happens is things are missing. It could be the wheels on the Tesla, you know, the steering wheel, the gas, you know, whatever, because they break down our food. It's not their their role for us is not just breaking down food. It's actually everything. Yep. They keep everything flowing. They give us um, antioxidants. They they magnify the antioxidants we have from dietary polyphenols and other things. So much like anything, the our, our environment is not working in our favor. And people may say, why do I even have to worry about this? Well, it's because there's all these other things in our food system, in our lifestyles that can affect us that we may not even be consciously aware of. One thing that's interesting, we have a lot of people on in Heads Up who are working on blood sugar-based illnesses, metabolic disorders. And there was a really great study mentioned actually in Rob's <laughs> book, it was out of Israel, where they had 800 people connected to continuous glucose monitors and followed them for a week. And they actually found that postprandial blood sugar was in many ways influenced by the gut microbiota. And what they also found was once people started reducing those, those high blood sugar spikes and going on to a more stable blood sugar diet, mm -hmm. the microbiome actually changed. And it became 
more favorable. It actually changed the composition. So what, what is the link then between postprandial blood sugar and, and the bugs in our, in our stomach? Uh, the link is the permeability. Got it. Yeah. Everything's permeability. And the thing is, actually, it's kind of hard to assess that. We don't have, we have terrible tests for that. So I don't even test it. I just presume anyone who has a sign or symptom of a chronic illness or high blood sugars, I love everything on Heads Up app because every metric you check can be off. And that is a sign of permeability to me. So let's, let's, then, let's then nerd out a little bit here. Yeah, and, let's do it. And let's talk and, about And when we work on clients, um, they reverse all those metrics. They all normalize. And then eat carbs or whatever. They can resume their intensity of workouts or whatever, you know, like downstream effects. So if the gut permeability improves yeah. by switching to healthier diets, less toxins, less inflammatory foods, that will slowly start to improve our postprandial blood sugar. Did I... Did I get that right? That's true. There, there's actually multifaceted layers. I think what the guys in Israel did, amazing. They put people on diets that did not trigger HRV. You know, if you eat an allergenic food, your yep. HRV goes wonky, you know, and you can't, yep. you have no flexibility. You're not metabolically inflexible at all because the food is triggering something because you're allergic to it. And you're only allergic to something if you're permeable. I don't care if you ate the best whole foods, organic grass fed diet on earth. You know, if if it's getting into your bloodstream, you're going to get allergic at some point. And some people just have different levels of that. So what we do is we end up rotating a couple foods in and out, or we look, you know, really look at what's going on. IgG is the best pattern because it's a longer acting immunoglobulin. And sometimes people are allergic to their own flora. And that's really fucked. When you're allergic to the own thing, your own thing growing in your gut. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. So Huge you, made problem. A, you made an interesting connection there. That These I, are the worst clients too. It's like all of ours. <laughs> well, you <laughs> mentioned eight months to reverse all that. A lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So and great. You mentioned may or may not have several conditions. They may have only one, but it, yeah. it, it, it's a lot of work. So is, is HRV a testing modality that you look for when you're working with the gut? Because yeah, I hope only not, my best biohackers um, check it. But yeah, you you got me onto the aura ring. Yes, yeah. here it is. Now part yeah. of heads up. So we can look at yeah. that data in a second. But I got my let's... fake one for fitting here. <laughs> Thanks, David. Let's start with Mother Nature's own best biomarker, the Bristol chart. Which, yeah, which you're badass for adding that. You're just so badass. Well, the whole heads of health is awesome. We have nearly anytime all. Anytime you have a free, a free. And my uh, clients love meeting you at, at Bulletproof. They just love you to death. So no device, no app, no needles, no stool samples, blood samples. All you have to do is look in the toilet bowl, and free for free. And <laughs> I can tell you that when I was on keto, I had lots of type one. And we're going to get into what that means in a second. But then I noticed if I started eating a lot of prebiotics, onion, garlic, shallot, kimchi, it would, it would clear up in a few days. So You cleared all the vampires in your neighborhood. I'm, I'm going to share my screen here, Grace, <laughs> and let's introduce the Bristol School Chart because yeah. it's the simplest thing that everyone can start simple. with and it's free. So it's not perfect. Like I still have clients come to me. They're on a perfect diet. They have a perfect Bristol, but, but they still like, we dig, you know, not even very deep into the organic acid, the great plains, organic acid, we're still, you know, whatever. And they're still all jacked up, but it it does help point people in the right direction. It's not perfect at all. um, But does help us to assess many, many things. All right. Everyone tends to know what the Bristol is, but but a lot of people don't. So I think we should explain it. Yeah. The Bristol score is just so easy. Here it is here, Grace. I'm just pulling it up. Yeah. Because you can uh, be anybody. If you are looking at your kids' stools or your dog pet stools, your cat, your dog, you know, or your own, like it just tells a lot. It's an easy indicator barometer of health. So it tells you how fast the food is going through the colon. Let me see if I can pull up a good version of it here. So we're, we're actually looking at different types of poop. on. Pot- yeah, it's how it's processed by your, your butt. <laughs> yeah, give, give us a quick rundown here. One, so It's not perfect, but there's, co- you know, it's all textures, right? Texture, color, the way it slides into water. So physics, biophysics in water. Yeah. 
what it should do, not do is like staying. Okay, the perfect bristle is four. We, we all want a four where it looks yes. like a snake. It coils really nicely in your bowl. It slides into the bowl. It doesn't stain or stick to anything in the bowl. And there's nothing floating, no pools of grease. It looks nice. No white little things, you know, because that often is an overgrowth or mucus or whatever. Yep. It shouldn't have green mucus. shouldn't have yellow yep. mucus. It should just be nice brown and dark. Not terry black because that can indicate like iron and bleeding or bright red where there's blood and, a, you know, a new bleed. So when we look from type one to three, those are more like uh, irritable bowel syndrome constipation. So IBS-C, like it's yep. more constipated. Yep. And I just did a talk at HS. We'll post up the video shortly. Um, we'll send you a link to post up here. But constipation is highly, highly associated, like 30 to 100%, you know, associated with cancer. It's associated with every condition, but so is loose stools too. So the other end of the spectrum is having type five, six, seven, five to seven. And these... Um, can be where they're not formed, they're just looser, not no no nice little serpent floating, go, going, you know, sliding into the toilet bowl. And type seven is just basically liquid, you know, any kind of liquid leaking out of the butt is never a good thing because the body just is not processing it correctly. And we, we, we see these improve within a week or two when we work with yes. clients. They could have had constipation for, I don't care, like months, years, or decades. Like we try to normalize this as quick and fast as we can just because when it's not, it, a lot of health is really disrupted. We've had athletes, you know, they've had diarrhea for a year, and I'm like, I don't know how you dealt with it. You know? yeah. And then they, you know, we, we quickly stopped that in just two weeks, and at worst, like four weeks. But, and then a lot of people have pain, and, you know, either with pooping or just abdominal pain, and it could be diverticulitis related or just IBS or pre-IBD, you know, inflammatory bowel disease and autoimmune condition for the gut. And it's not great. We should not be having any pain in this area. And we reduce all pain to nothing within two weeks, really, typically. Like, it's, it's just not normal. So our protocols just address like every component. And we have, you know, it's awesome because they're really nourishing what we do because things are missing. And what we're doing is kind of resurrecting certain strains that belong there, but they're gone. You know, they're extinct for whatever reason. So this is just a simple thing anyone can start to do. And like you said, it, it's not perfect, but most of the time you want to be in the type three and the type four ballpark. And if not, mm -hmm. much like we talked about some of the symptoms earlier, this is another good indicator to say that you may need to introduce more fermented foods, more prebiotics, or potentially do some other testing. But this is the yes. simplest and easy way. And at yeah. Grace's request, we built this feature into head. So here's my dashboard. And I'm going to add the Bristol ch chart on here. Now you ask your clients to check this and you ask them to record information on what they ate or how they felt. And how do you use that as, as a clinician, this information? Oh, it gives me exact metrics to their progress. Like there's certain metrics and uh, improvements we have to see every month. And yes. I could just at, at a flash glance, just look at everything and I can see where things are getting better. I love your app because we can color code things. So if things are off, like the color will be off, especially for graphics and lab testing ranges. I can just quickly see in a flash, like what's really off and we can you know, customized. I have different normal ranges, functional ranges than other practitioners for, for a lot of so stuff. So you're looking at this on a regular basis as, as one of your metrics. And right. so it goes, ties in with labs so well, because this is great, you know, but we're not delving in very deep. We're not looking at blood, urine, breath, nothing. So like a lot of my clients, 20, 25% come to us, they have low white count. Yep. You know, they do a CBC, their immune system's fucked. Like who knows how long it's usually always related to the gut and something with the bone marrow and other things. And it's basically two steps away from leukemia and lymphoma. It's unacceptable. The doctors are usually breathing down their neck, trying to like get a bone marrow biopsy on them. Like, and we reverse all that like in six to eight weeks easily and because so we're nourishing things and it ties in because their stool will be off. Their adrenal markers will be off. Yes. Yeah. And like they're invariably sleep patterns are off. Right. 
Um, we check um, if we have the heart availability, that'll be off. Cause it's just so you're different. looking at all of this stuff. You're yeah, blood sugars, A1C. No one's A1C is like 4.8 or 9 unless they're starving themselves. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You should be able to eat any kind of food and have an awesome, normal A1C. And I actually like fructose me better because actually a lot of our clients are taking a lot of antioxidants. Yep. They're actually really otherwise kind of healthy, you know, so their their blood, red blood cells end up living long. So it gets glycosylated just because they've been around, floating around in the bloodstream longer. And so it's not necessarily their A1C is off, but I like fructosamine. Like it just gives me a better marker. I think you just divide by 70. Yeah, we, we have that in heads yeah, up. So, yeah, so it's all in there. Start, yeah. you, the two-week average. And then you start to look for other symptoms, which could be poor sleep quality, high HRV, uh, poor HRV scores. And then in the conventional labs, you've brought up white blood cell count. So that's one that you look at. And then CBC on the conventional labs. What are some of the other things you'd get on a conventional panel that, that you'd look for? And what kind of ranges might someone, if they have their data at home and they wanted to take a look, let's start with WBC. What, what would they look for? And I'll pull up my data here and we can. Great. It yeah. I'm sure you're going to have Dr. Nation Winters on at some point. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, so we both love a range of five to seven. That's optimal. Too high. It's not great. It's like a sweet zone, you know, go too low. Yeah, five below five, maybe nor, four to five is considered normal for a lot of lab, yep, um, academic centers and labs. But it's not, it's not, it's it's already in the range of being really off. And a lot of clients come to us until we fix the gut. Yep. Um, and then over seven means there's like hyperimmunity. The body's really trying to fight a subclinical infection, as you know, until it gets tired and then it goes, you know, the other end. So we we look at that. It's just a broad um, dashboard number for immune system. It's right. not perfect, yeah, because most clients come to they're right in the middle but that doesn't mean anything and i love okay every client needs to do an iron and ferritin because yes. invariably all our clients they're really high performing people yep they're all iron warriors their I ferritin's high their the iron's board. high you want Pardon? me to, you, you want me to do an iron panel as well right i know because i kind of spec you just because well, you're, you're amazing dave you do everything i think yours so, was high i think i was screaming at you about it yeah you were so uh this is another marker we're sharing the screen if and, and we're going to post and you're sharing your personal data right yes okay. i'm sharing my data for right. the good of the community i have nothing to hide so here's my iron panel and so that's another marker it's but typically with, with males, are you seeing these elevated? Oh, men and women, men even and menstruating women. women. Yeah. And then oh, some women, we end up getting iron deficient, but then other numbers are still high. So it's yeah. like they are able to compensate, but it's not ideal. You know, it could be thalassemia, which is really common in the Mediterranean. It could be, um, it could be just iron overload. They have one gene, you know, not necessarily the full carrier, like the 282 carrier state, but but there's somewhere on there. And usually when we look, something's going on. Like the HFE, we all do 23andMe and the HFE will be off, you know. And, and that puts us at risk because you're all rusty inside. And yes. it's hard for the body to heal that rust and lower oxidation. So we do a lot of antioxidants to address that. We also make people bleed. So yes. if you need help, I'll Donating stab you. Blood. Yes. I'll stab right. you if you want. <laughs> Thanks. Well, next time we go out in this city, Grace, you can, okay. you can help me uh, liberate some excess blood. So sure. you're looking at ferritin as a marker then. And yeah. what else on the iron? It should be panel? below 90. Below 90. So I'm at yeah. 323 here. I'm off the charts. Yeah. It's great to be off the charts on a lot of things, <laughs> but not your ferritin. Right. It's, an, it's, a, it's an acute phase reactant. It could be various things. It could be trying to be involved with solving some kind of this, this is two years old i know so yeah but it's I probably i mean unless you bled it's not likely to be so wbc um iron panel what are some and other common ones so a lot of athletes actually they actually have iron overload there there's a french study and they looked at world athletes and champions okay the champions 80 percent of them were hfb carriers carriers and they they may have had iron or not, high iron or not, but they were naturally doping. Their body had extra oxygen and it's genetic. It's just 
an amazing facet of being an amazing athlete. But unfortunately for the gut, all the pathogens love iron. It's a growth stimulator. That's why we want to address it. Cool. So we've got white blood cell count. We've got the iron panel. I look at liver. We'll post links to all of the, we've, we've got a lot of this stuff covered on our blog, the Bristol stool chart. Yeah. So I love we'll your blog. Some resources for people before we leave the um, conventional labs from a, from a gut point of view, Grace, I know that you love to just dissect data. And so what else? I know, I, I know how your mind works. It's just, you're looking for patterns in this stuff. So anything else on the conventional panel before we look at some of the functional tests? Yeah, so liver is another because it's sort of like the garbage can. Um, All blood flows from the gut, and then the second place is through the portal vein over the liver. So it's sort of just the garbage can. So So I look at liver, and half of half to depends on the month. Half to eighty percent of our clients will have wonky liver, Um, and you really want to look at liver because that's the cause of insulin resistance. So which metric specific? Um, so liver test is ALT and yep. AST. Yep. And the other names are SGBT and SGOT. Yep. So we've got them on the screen here. Yeah. And, so and we go with functional ranges because normal, healthy people, uh, controls, they have for women, because it is a little size-based, but women have, for both markers, it's 12 and below. For men, it's... 15 and below. So a lot of clients come to us, it'll be two to three times above normal, no big deal. And in six to eight weeks, it's like normal. There's like various strategies, but mostly it's fixing the gut so that these toxins from the gut are not streaming and dumping and garbaging up corrupting the liver because the liver is just trying to detox it gets fibrotic you know eventually it can lead fatty liver worse um, fibrotic changes and dna changes and then cancer again it's all reversible because you have three loads you can chop one off it's not a big deal but we want to kind of preserve everything because it's the hugest organ in our abdomen actually other than the gut and it does so much for us and it it's so important. It senses everything. So, and we get insulin sensitivity messages from the liver. Yes. Well, that, that's, you touched on a separate topic, which is conventional. So you improved yours a lot. I bet it was pretty good. So you look awesome. They look great. We can get into like the difference for a lot of people. They're just looking at the ranges on their lab test from quest, which can be very misleading because like you said, it's a very broad bell curve range. And then some ranges, that's the number one request from all the functional docs we speak to is the ability to customize these ranges in heads up. So that's on the top of our list. Yeah, I love Um, it. I'm almost changing them. Any other things here before we delve into some of the functional tests? I'm, I'm like the biggest whore for vitamin like for me like um, unless someone has a high 125 um, that's not on yours but a lot of people will check the 125 as well Uh, we don't want to see that high it's not normal to be high yeah Um, but you know we we aren't in a lifestyle where we're out in the sun all the time and most of us have ancestry where we did great in the sun you know especially equator based and um, otherwise and it's you know it, it's so helpful. It heals the gut. It heals m- immunity and bones and all our pathways. It touches upon all pathways. But whenever someone's supplementing with D, it's always important to get all the cofactors, you know, K2, A, tocotrienols, mag, zinc, all, iodine, all the you know, minerals too. Cool. So D is another big one. Sun exposure. If you can't get sun exposure, supplementation. So um, that's a great list. We've got fructosamine. We've got white blood cell. We've got the iron panel, liver function, and vitamin D. And and we can post the functional ranges uh, as well. If you have your labs at home and you have a conventional range on the on the test, we're also going to post the functional ranges, which is a much more discerning range. And then you can see if you're in or out of range compared to the functional tests. So that's great. And then there's also the the um, the functional tests like organics that I've done here. And so 
When would you recommend those, Grace? And, and which ones are some of your favorites? I, we do organic acid on everybody to start off with. It's Got just it. our baseline. Got it. Like foundational lab. I don't even check stools for some people. So we, we sometimes go by symptomology, the but yeah. So, so what is it? People, most people probably never heard of it. Maybe you can just, it's urine, yeah. but give us a brief 101. Um, so our blood will get filtered by the urine at kidneys into urine. So in urine, we can pick up all kinds of markers. And what I love about the Great Plains organic acid test or oat, it's called an oat, um, is that you can, you can see every facet of the gut. You can actually track clostridium overgrowth and clostridium is super nasty, you know, can cause either diarrhea, C. difficile and death, you know, or horror, Horrible constipation for decades, you know, because it's a neuromuscular blocker. It's what we use for botulinum, you know, uh, Botox. Um, this is what we give vaccinations for for tetanus, C tetani, you know, because people get they get all spazzy and weird, you know, because and clostridium spores are everywhere. We, you know, really want to identify them if they're present. And then fungal overgrowth, you know, what happens when we take an antibiotic? Well, we get fungal overgrowth that's what happens and we get bacterial you know pathogenic overgrowth so invariably everybody has a, a, a some kind of fungal overgrowth the problem is sometimes people also have aspergillus overgrowth but with the great plains um oat i love it because we can detect that because that makes treatment a little tougher and more you know has to be a little more aggressive because from a moldy environment or someone really being compromised they shouldn't have aspergillus growing in them and if it appears there you know it complicates the picture. It makes it harder. So we have a lot of clients like that, actually. They're biotoxin affected. But it affects a lot of things. They just cannot break the barrier. They can't get their sugars down. They can't get the performance they want. You know, they don't understand why. And we also see adrenal, you know. So, I, you know, we talked and I got a picture about My what adrenals, you do. Uh, I, I'm actually not even going to show them because they're, they're like... Wide. They're completely fucked. You're an entrepreneur. You're you're a startup. Your own startup. I mean. All right. Let me let me let me just share them here because it's uh. You know, but I'm equally fucked. Like I, you know, I got thriving business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so and those are num those numbers busy for when me. You're busy and serving people in your community. So, but we just do we just did the best we can. But we have a lot of tricks. Like you try one of our massive tricks. I did. The yes. botanical teas, and you felt yes. great and had more energy, and then you were able to lift. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we hear yeah, that all the time. That's my biggest weakness. Whenever I was working with my functional doc, he he couldn't find anything wrong. All my labs yeah. came back perfect, and then he ran the adrenals, and that's when it started to suggest that there were symptoms and manifestations of stress. That was his first clue was the adrenal. So I have a cortisol. Then he ran the um, stool, which, re which revealed the Klebsiella. And this was all stress induced from who knows what work or whatever the case might be. And then we did the organics as well. And that's, that was my process that I went through. And that's, everything else was normal. I went to the doctor and my labs were perfect, but yeah, there was subclinical stuff going on. And it was all things that are not part of conventional labs. Let me pull up. Yeah. And you have enviable HDLs, no matter what your diet was like, you have really high HDLs. Here it is, Grace. They're you, as good as a girl's. Yeah. Uh, you Happy big class, red on the screen here, and this is my adrenal results out of range. Although That's, my cortisol got way better. Some yeah, that is good. Numbers um, got worse. But overall, the, the, the numbers improved, and this is back from June. So yeah. this is representative of someone who pushes themselves to the max. I think. Yeah. I wouldn't like, have it Working any hard, playing hard. Yeah, everything hard. Yes. <laughs> Lifting hard. And for, uh, I should mention that Grace and I are buddies, and we, we go out and have fun in the city sometimes. Too much fun, I know. Yeah, we pay we've, for been, it. we've been known to but I We know all the barriers to protect, so. Yes, we like do. all good.
Yeah, and yeah. so um, I'm sure we're gonna have. That's to the key. More. Yeah, yeah, we've 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 had some good times, and hopefully uh, many more. So um, absolutely, Grace. What are just some of the best practices that people can? implement to improve gut health and just some some general takeaways that everyone can implement here and and if they have questions where where might somebody go to get in touch with you or start to do some of their own deeper digging here yeah um uh, we we have group classes, um, mm -hmm. and I'll send you a couple links, but they can always contact us through the website, and my Great. staff will take care of it. And mm -hmm. we have um, awesome media, you know, a lot. They can hear, um, any of your audience can hear what we try to share with people. Um, and we, we actually teach all our protocols. We'll have a, we have an, we had an event last year, um, teaching coaches and concierge doctors our, our protocols and we'll have one again next year in 2018. So, and soon we'll have those videos out if people are interested to learn what our protocols are. But I mean, I, Where um, would they find those grace? Um, they're all on our website, the gut And if you go to the media tab, yeah, a lot of our, presentations are there we'll pop the new one up for ancestral health 2017 from seattle we'll pop that one up yep but i i i'm like the biggest bug freak you know no drugs how about how about bugs you know yeah bacteria are like a real are our key you know and I um I love this um our I love our probiotic. It really gives like flexibility um, to eat all kinds of food allergens, mm -hmm. um, whether it's gluten, dairy, or whatever someone's allergic to, eggs or whatever. Um, and it's, it's just foundational. It's what everyone may be missing. And we hear all kinds of amazing stories. Even even for iron overload, people try you know all their aches and pains go away, or you know someone who lost the ability gluten you know they they take in and oh my god in two weeks no problem you know eating something again or even if they get accidentally glutenized you know it's not a big deal at all maybe a little but you know after they've been off for two months and it's like no problem at all and then we have a uh we we sell that it's called bifida maximus it's on our mm -hmm. our, on our store and on the website theguideinstitute.com another a new program we love um is um called um, Bifidobacterium lactis. We have some in ours, but this is a special strain, strain called B420. And in two human studies, it's shown to help with weight loss. So it. So even if you're stuck, you're doing all the diet stuff right. Yeah. Got a lot. It's like I've got, I've got everything dialed in. My my macros are perfect. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, and there's no weight loss happening at all. And that's when you need to start double clicking a little bit and looking a little bit deeper, in, including gut. So there's a strong connection there for people who may not be getting results they need. There's some subclinical things that may be gut related. Yeah. And we don't, we actually don't do a lot of fiber until we kind of look at what's going on because fiber will feed even the bad floor, and I really wouldn't want that for people um, and develop like, you know, you know, new gut issues. That'd be horrible. And that's the problem, though, because there's a whole menagerie, and you kind of have to tease it out before you just throw. You could be throwing yes. gasoline on a fire, and you just yeah. have to sounds be good. prudent. I know, fun. sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, but you may not. Okay. Yeah, that's why a lot of people when they do lower carb or keto, they feel awesome because they have starch eaters, you know. Yeah. Um, and and we can easily like Klebsiella is a big starch eater, Citrobacter, E. coli, a lot of them are. They love sugar, they love carbs, you know, all kinds. Yeah. So we we kind of you you can shift things, but most of the times I find people are just having so many bad things to the ratio of good things. It's it's not 50-50 anymore. It's more like 80-20. So we have to kind of be careful and prudent. And then those two probiotics, so our Maximus and then the um, B420. The B420, um, the B Bifidolactis, I mean, gram for gram, it costs more than cocaine, like mm. per kilo. It's mm -hmm. so expensive. It does amazing stuff. That's why. Cool. And it, what it does is it seals the gut. So then you're not 
having this permeability and you can lose yeah. weight, you know, people have better, you know, ours does a lot too, but we don't get the fast weight loss as quick as this. So it's a, it's a fast way to address permeability, which can take a long yeah. time to do it. So if this can accelerate the process. It, it does. It accelerates. And then the other third accelerant we use is called SPM. You'll have to give it a try. But it's used for pain protocols. Um, we've been just seeing accelerated uh, gut recovery with it's not perfect you know we don't use this in isolation but even if people try it in isolation they're losing weight they're healing their gut faster we're I don't even take it regularly even like one or two a day like because I get lower blood sugars to the point where I'll pass out during a workout like during mm. you know Muay Thai or running so I can't I can't it it like is so sensitizes insulin so much you know um yeah okay yeah, so but we we love it because it's a it's a resolvent it's the fraction from fish oil after you've digested it and it's gone to that highly 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 potentized um anti-inflammatory component known as resolvins and only this company um, sells it, Metagenics. And, you know, we do a loading dose with clients. Um, it helps inflammation all over the body. It can reduce pain, fibromyalgia, and other things. Um, but we see much faster recovery of all kinds of health issues. Um, and I, I, I see my clients, they have much lower blood sugars with it if they're combating that. Yep. Uh, but weight loss happens way faster. Yeah, way, way faster. That's great. Yeah. So the combo is really great, but people start with Bifamaximus. Um, actually, one of my CrossFit coaches recently, um, he's very pretty healthy, but he lost six pounds on it. I, I don't really hear that too often. <laughs> I think he actually had done a lot of homework already. And then when we add the other things, people lose 10, 20 pounds, and they see awesome gut health. I mean, that's the key. We want longevity. I mean, it's not like you're going to be on these forever, but oh, if you cut things... When, when you can go forward, fixing, then the weight starts coming off. I've noticed that in my own health, actually, it, it just it happens more effortlessly, and your your homeostasis in terms of your weight just starts to normalize. It, it takes a lot of work, but it sounds like that's these products can help accelerate that process. I think so. And what what I love about their, you know, all these things mimic what we should have. Like we should have the bifido, long um, and remnosis strains in our gut. When we're missing we it. don't. The soil. Yeah, we don't. Changed. Right. We're Same with the B lactis. It's only from moms. Genetically milk. engineered, and we just don't get those things the right. way we used to get those things. We've got antibacterial everything these days. So everything. This is a right. way to help with that. And you do meditation, right, Dave? And you, you know, come yeah, in, you routinely yeah. do meditation. I mean, that's how we kind of met. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Um, people meditate and studies show when the vagal tone is higher, it's associated with a higher concentration of resolvents in the body. Yes. Meditation is healing. Yes. We just, I just push it a little faster. So you're combining. <laughs> we, we just add resolvents. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. And and the med the meditation or yoga or prayer or anything, anything. or or any yeah. spiritual practice. Laughing. Yeah. Exactly. Community based practice that that brings down our amygdala. It brings down our cortisol. It brings down our stress response. And that also, I think, can be helpful as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, we covered a ton of stuff here, Grace. We talked about how you get your gut in trouble, which is the average person's on 17 antibiotics by the time they're 18 years of age, messed up environment. We talked about different symptoms people can look for including the Bristol chart, including subclinical symptoms. Again, in my case, my labs were perfect, but I had a lot of gut-related stuff going on. Uh, conventional labs, most people have these already. Log into your doctor's patient portal. If you have the records, mm -hmm. Grace covered some of the tests you can look at, white blood cell count, iron numbers, vitamin D, fructosamine, the liver tests. And then your go-to is the organics. 
which people can get through your clinic or through a, 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 a any functional doctor, doctor yeah, functional exactly. And the Great Plains out. Mm-hmm. Great. And then some things we can do, manage stress through whatever practice you choose mm-hmm. and healthy diet and probiotics to accelerate the aura ring and anything we missed, Grace? That's I, I think, think that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot for your uh, audience to chew on. Yeah, well, Grace, it was awesome having you as my first guest. I could not think of anybody better to have on with me, my friend and fellow data nerd. And if anyone needs to reach Grace, her website is the Gut Institute. And we hope to have you back again, Grace. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. This is so fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 